slice. Nothing personal. Word of the day for March 23rd, 2021 is slice. What do you think of when you think slice? Some people may think of Kimbo slice. Remember that name? I think of craft sliced cheese, like craft slices of those American cheese that go in your sandwich at school in elementary school. I'm talking about Robert Kraft. He had some things to say. And for all of you football fans out there, you're going to find this of great interest. The New England Patriots this offseason had the third most cap space, and they have been incredibly aggressive with free agency. Every other minute, you're hearing them sign players. And we were trying to figure out why the Patriots were changing their tack. They had won so much with Tom Brady. They let Tom Brady go. They bring in Cam Newton. Tom Brady, they're going to say they didn't let him go, but they did because of an issue with Belichick. Maybe Tom wanted to win a uh, Super Bowl. I was going to say World Series. Tom wanted to win a Super Bowl with another team. He would never be able to win without Belichick and in New England. So he goes to Tampa. Tampa has a terrible season. Tom Brady's despondent beyond repair. Realizes he can't win without his coach. God, that would be an alternate universe, wouldn't it? I think if that happened then Robert Kraft and his slices would not have been slicing money out of his wallet. But that's not how it happened. Tom Brady actually ended up being quite successful with the Buccaneers, winning the Super Bowl and making the Patriots look bad at the same time. It's like a double whammy. It's like getting six sixes on your first roll in Yahtzee. It's just heaven. This is Yahtzee if you are Tom Brady. It's you leave the Patriots, you win a Super Bowl with your new team, and the Patriots stink after you leave. I'm not sure that there's anything better than that. So Bob Kraft said, I think we better do something. He calls in Belichick into his office and says, I'd like you to improve your offense, your defense, your special teams, and I'm going to write checks. I'm ready to write big checks, Kraft Slice said, right now. The, more, the most checks he's written since he bought the team in 1994. I think he spent about $160 million in guaranteed money this offseason. And, of course, he bought the team for $172 million in 1994, which I find funny because no owner looks at any contract they give and compares it to what they spent on the team. The media does that. There's fans who do that. That'd be like Jeffrey Loria saying, I bought the Marlins for one fifty eight. And I'm giving Giancarlo 325. Why don't I just give him the franchise? It's not exactly how it works in the real world. But I just thought I'd give you that nugget that he bought the Patriots in 1994. And here we are about 27 years later. And they're probably worth three, three to four bills. Bills? Nah, maybe closer to three. So what, what, what Robert Kraft gave an interview, and I was just a little surprised with what he said. He was comparing free agency to the stock market, not NFTs, not nothing digital. These are real players that sign real contracts that you can actually hold and look at and touch. And he said in his interview that this is like investing in the stock market. You take advantage of corrections and inefficiencies in the market when you can. Let's examine what that means. There were not many people many teams going after free agents this year, according to Kraft Slice. Usually, he said there's 12 to 14 teams competing for players. This year, there were two to three. Why is that? Because when the salary cap goes down from what it had been projected, then you've got teams who are in a C squared, a cap crunch. 
when you've got a team who had room under the cap naturally, they get to sign players to get up to the new cap, which to them is higher than where their previous payroll was. And obviously when you're building your team, it's like you have a hole in your pocket and you feel like this is the time to spend regardless of whether or not the free agent class is even worthy of that spending. It's a big time mistake for owners, both new and old, who have money burning a hole in their pocket and they just feel like they have to spend it, which is why you need presidents and GMs to try to sometimes halt the owner, but they won't halt the owner because when you are running a team, of course you want free agent splashes. You don't wanna worry about two, three years later. You don't wanna look at the free agent class next year. You want it now because it helps you sell. You want it now because it creates buzz. So you don't stop the owner from doing things that he or she shouldn't do when in fact, the best presidents and GMs would. I never really got involved in stopping our owner from, from buying free agents. Sometimes I wanted fewer years given out or smaller average annual value, but I would just be honest and say at this dollar amount, you're gonna lose this dollar amount. If you're willing to lose this dollar amount, then let's bring them in and hope that we choose right. But Robert Kraft taking advantage of corrections and inefficiencies in the market when you can gives the idea that this was all planned and it started last season. So when you are savvy in PR and you are actually paying attention to what you are going to do with your team into the future, you can actually set up your entire narrative. It reminds me of what football coaches do during preseason games or even in the beginning of regular season when let's say on third and eight, they always have a certain set and they call one of five plays and then come playoff time on third and eight, they do something completely off brand, completely out of the playbook, completely that no team could prepare for. And it's a successful third down play. They've sort of set you up all preseason and all season for that one moment. That is the beauty of a great football coach to have the discipline to actually do that, to actually call a play on third and eight in the beginning of the season that you do not believe will be successful to wait for the end of the season for that same third and eight play to show the same formation and then do something different. So Bill Belichick had announced during the course of the season that we had no money. We were hamstrung by the cap. We were trying to continue our winning ways. And so this was to be expected, their poor performance. Of course, they only said that after they had a poor performance, but once Belichick said it, he's sort of setting up what happened yesterday with Kraft's comments. There's no way that Kraft could have seen COVID coming before it came, but he certainly saw it coming while it was here. And he knew he had number one cap space. He knew that he had the ability to spend to the new cap that was gonna be lower to the old cap. And he knew that his team was not winning games. A plus B plus C equals D, they start spending. But then during the interview, he said that nothing is guaranteed. I'm very cognizant of that, but we're not in the business to be in business. Here comes the money quote. We're in this business to win. Come on, Robert. We know you better. 
It goes without saying. I don't like saying that. Scratch that, Coca. 70, 68, 69. When Robert Kraft tells you that we're not in the business to be in business, you should say to Robert, please, do not give me a line of crap like that. Instead, say it better. Not only are we taking advantage of market inefficiencies, but also I am well aware that a winning football team, <coughs> a winning football team by definition helps me make more money in the short term. It helps me with the elasticity of ticket pricing. And on top of that, it increases the value of my asset. That is called a win-win-win, where we're winning on the field, we're winning in the box office, and we're winning on the value of our team. That's okay, just say it. When you say that any owner, and owners are told to give this line, it's actually uh, when they're media trained, it's a very uh, common line to say about how winning matters and how that's right in the same paragraph as we wanna be part of the community it's very important to us to be part of this community. Very important. So they're told to say, we're in this business to win. Win. Okay. Robert Kraft, I'm Nick Damon in a slice. I'll tell you one thing about the uh, Patriots. I am not a believer in their team. I don't believe that in football, you can sign a bunch of free agents, have them all come together and all of a sudden win games. I believe that Robert Kraft is doing something out of ego, not out of intelligence. And I believe this will come to bite him in the tuchus. So I'm gonna do an early wait to see in the show. Wait to see is where we say something's gonna happen and we're gonna revisit it. If it happens, if it doesn't happen, I promise you we will revisit it. For all of you Pats fans up in New England, New England, the Patriots will not win the AFC East in 2021. That is the main wait to see. A secondary way to see Coca, I think I'm willing to go even better. Coca, are you telling me that Forbes has the Patriots valued at 4.4 billion? And that's what you want me to tell our fans at Nothing Personal and the listeners, that the Patriots are then worth 4.4 billion? Well, how would I say that when I've told you that Forbes valuations don't mean squat? They're based on fantasy. The Patriots are worth whatever someone will pay for them. And I don't think someone's paying $4.4 billion for the Patriots. Hold on, let me wait. Could someone, would Jeff Bezos pay $4.4 billion for the New England Patriots? Hmm. I think he'd pay $4.4 billion for the Washington football Indians, but I do not think, no, that's the Cleveland football team. For the, what, what are they calling themselves next year, Coca, by the way? Are they staying with the Washington football team? Do we know that for a fact? And what is Cleveland calling itself this year in baseball? Do we know that? Do we have any information? I see in the spring training box scores all the time that they're still the Cleveland Indians, even though they're gonna be not the Cleveland Indians for much longer. And didn't we agree we're, agree we're calling them the Cleveland baseball team? Or was it the Cleveland football team? Let's just make a decision right now, Coke. I'm looking right now. Yeah, they're still called the Indians. Okay, we're gonna call the Washington team, the Washington football team. We're gonna call the Cleveland team, the Cleveland baseball team. I think that Bezos would pay $4.4 billion for the Washington football team before he'd pay $4.4 for the New England Patriots. But I'm happy to tell people what the Forge valuation is because it doesn't mean anything. But here's the way to see. 
No AFC East title in 2021 for the Patriots. Book it. But a secondary wait to see is I believe this will be the second year in a row. We'll wait to see. Let's mark it down, Coca. Second year in a row, the Patriots of New England will not finish above 500. They will not win nine games. That's the second wait to see. We'll book it. That's two days in a row, by the way, that we have back-to-back days of two wait to sees. All right, I want to move on now to baseball and a couple of things that are going on in baseball. We're going to get to franchise valuations again, I promise, Coca. So in baseball, there are teams who are, you know the background, let's just take it slowly and give it to you as we head into the end of the second to last week of spring training. The season starts April 1st, which is a week from Thursday. That is only nine days if you are listening to this on Tuesday, March 23rd. Right now, teams are getting their rosters ready. Their pitching staff is already lined up, and they are crossing their fingers that injuries don't happen. And we are going to get to some injuries during this show because this is the time of spring when use injuries happen, and it stinks. When you are running a team and all of a sudden your closer has a sore arm or one of your starters has a sore arm, you are DBR, despondent beyond repair. But something came up yesterday and we didn't, we weren't able to get to it yesterday and I wanted to bring it up today. It's about the all-star catcher in Kansas City named Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez is the longtime Royal. He's only been a Royal. Was a young player when they won the uh, World Series in 2000 and I want to say 15. And then they lost the World Series in 16. I think they went to back-to-back World Series. I think they won back-to-back pennants. They won one and lost one. They either won in 15 and lost in 16 or lost in 15 and won in 16. I can't remember which it was. And frankly, I could be wrong that they they won back-to-back pennants, Coca, but I just have a recollection. And since then, they have tried to sign some of their guys. In 16, they signed Alex Gordon to a long-term deal. It was 14 and 15. So they lost in 14, then came back in 15 and won. Thank you, Coca. Who was 2016 then? I don't think that was the Red Sox. Have you ever played this game trying to name all the Super Bowl winners and go back 10 years and try to remember who they beat even? Or the World Series winners? It's really quite, oh, of course, the Cubs in 16. Thank you. I'm sorry to my Cleveland fans out there. I really am. So Salvador Perez is a mainstay with the Royals. The Royals are a small revenue team. They've been that way forever. They signed a bunch of their own guys after the World Series. Alex Gordon became a forever player uh, when he signed in 2016. They can't bring everyone back. Eric Hosmer ended up signing a long-term deal with the Padres. So you have to make choices. What's interesting about the case of Salvador Perez is what's been debated now back and forth in the media. And I'm going to give you a president's perspective because what the Royals have done, there is no reason and no excuse And I was a big fan of the old owner, David Glass, his son, Dan Glass. They ran the team. They had Salvador Perez, who signed a long-term deal when he was a child. He may have been 21 or 22. And it was a deal before he had become anything significant. They knew he'd be good. But it was one of those pre-arbitration, hey, I didn't come for money. I don't have money. I'd love some guaranteed money because I may get hurt. I may stink. And you're going to give me 15 or 16 or $18 million. I'm set for life. My future kids are set for life. My parents are set for life. Everyone's set for life. 
Salvador Perez then becomes a mainstay on a World Series winning team, two pennant winners in a row. And the media started pressuring the Glass family to rip up Salvador Perez's contract. Dayton Moore was the GM at the time, and I was in the game, and I was speaking to our GM at the time and saying, why would you ever rip up a team-friendly contract? When players stink and they're overpaid, they don't give you money back. Isn't it part of the game that every once in a while you're going to get something right? Now, believe me, the majority of long-term deals you get wrong, but every once in a while you get it right. Why is it that when we get it right, they, not we, Coca, that's a buck. Why is it when owners get it right or presidents or GMs, they have to feel guilty about getting it right? When Jerry Reinsdorf gets it right, he refuses to rip up contracts. We saw that in the documentary, The Last Dance with Scottie Pippen, and it caused a bit of a riff with Scottie Pippen. Who cares? Who cares? Didn't exactly stop them from winning six rings. It did stop them from winning rings while Jordan was retired because we found out Pippen couldn't lead them to a championship because of the New York Knickerbockers. But I digress a tad. The re and the Orlando Magic. Yes, you're right. The minute a player gives money back for not performing is the minute I'd be willing to rip up a contract for a player who is. But the Kansas City Royals had a different view. And their view was, let's right now say we're not going to keep you for these next two years when you're totally going to be underpaid. But instead, let's get a five-year extension worth $50 million. We'll give you $50 million and we'll start it now. And our fans are going to be happy. Our sponsors are going to be happy. The media is going to be happy. It's going to be a kumbaya love fest. No reason, except we're going to call a press conference. You have to say how much you love the owner, how much you love the president, how much you love the GM. You have to say how much you love Kansas City, how you're building roots in Kansas City. You have to be so thankful that we as management did that. And then you have to be a really good boy for these five years whenever we want you to go to a school appearance, whenever we want you to sign autographs, do whatever you want. And in return, we're going to ask you to still be good. Well, that'd be... That'd be good, right? How did the $52 million five-year deal work? Well, it was all right. Except he had Tommy John and missed an entire season in 2019. He didn't catch one inning. When players have Tommy Johns and they're not pitchers, they can come back. When pitchers have Tommy John, they mostly come back, but it's a ticking time bomb waiting for a second Tommy John or another flexor strain, or some sort of shoulder issue. It's just bad. It's hard to pitch. When you're a position player, even a catcher, you can recover. So Dayton Moore, still the GM of the Royals. The Royals have been sold to a man named John Sherman. No, no relation to Bruce Sherman, owner of the Marlins. Majority owner of the Marlins, not the face of the Marlins. John Sherman bought the Royals this past year for a bill, a cool bill. How the Royals couldn't get more for their team than the Marlins did is beyond me. The Royals are worth more than the Marlins by far. Better fan base, larger fan base, more sustainable fan base, bigger corporate market, higher corporate sponsorship deals, higher TV deals. Anyway, very unclear to me. So Salvador Perez sits with Dayton Moore and Salvador Perez is going to be a free agent after this season. Remember, he didn't play in 19. 
And in 2020, it was a 60 game season and he had a great year, but it was 60 games. And you know that I told you that every GM said of every performance in 2020, it meant nothing. Now, what GMs tell you publicly is if the player was bad, like Yelich was, they say, hey, it meant nothing. If the player was good and had been good in 2020, then you say, hey, he's good. He's going to be good. So this way you can't go wrong. Everything's positive for your fan base. All right, fine. So Salvador Perez, who, by the way, only played, just keep this in mind as we tell you what's going on here. He only played in 37 of 60 games. 60 games is approximately one third of a season, a little more than one third. So it's the equivalent of playing in, let's say, 100 games out of 162. That's not a lot. That's missing two months of a regular season. Okay, so Salvador Perez, he's hits, he's a little injured, but he's still the backbone of the organization. And by the way, he happens to be a great guy. I've been lucky enough to meet him a few times. I, he's not an acquaintance, he's not a friend, but he has a great reputation in the game. Great teammate, great everything. Okay. He's going to be a free agent after 2021. Dayton Moore sits down with him during this past season, off season. They start talking and they end up signing him to an $82 million four-year deal. The largest contract in Kansas City Royals history. I don't get it. What I don't get is that Dayton Moore all but admitted this contract did not have to be done now, but we did it as a thank you. I think you could have gotten him a motorcycle, maybe a nice framed picture, maybe, a, you know, some roses every month for a year, maybe a little plaque, maybe retired his number. An $82 million four-year extension when he's in his 30s as a catcher, when he's nowhere near the catcher JT Realmuto is, and JT Realmuto had barely a bitter and ended up re-signing with the Phillies and got lucky. Salvador Perez coming off not just Tommy John, which he's recovered from, not just injuries from last year, but squatting as much as he does, knowing that four more years of squatting is highly unlikely given his age. And they did it because they wanted him to retire a Royal. They wanted to thank him for his service. Thank you for your service, Sal. John Sherman got to take the dais virtually and say, I like him. He is meaningful to us. He is associated with the Kansas City Royals. John Sherman, the new owner, will soon learn that just because you like a player and just because that player is associated with your city and you want him to retire, that does not mean you overpay him. And take it from me, I'm the king of overpaying and the king of wanting players to stay on your team the whole time, their whole career. It doesn't work out. It won't happen. And it doesn't make sense. So why would a small revenue team like Kansas City give a thank you pillow deal, which is what I'm going to call the Salvador Perez four-year $82 million extension? Why would they ever do that? I got it. It took a minute. I've been thinking about this show overnight, and I couldn't find a reason. And then it came to me. Because when you are a new owner of a team, you have tremendous tax benefits and depreciation benefits in the first five years of your ownership. From a cash standpoint, you get tremendous deductions. Therefore, from a cash standpoint, you actually are in better shape than you would be later on in your ownership. 
So you have the ability to use this sort of tax loopholes in order to do something good for your fan base and take credit as though you are not a cheap owner. I'm not saying John Sherman's a cheap owner. I'm saying that Kansas City is a small market team. Coca spent the entire pregame show when he and I go through the show. Entire is hyperbole. It wasn't entire. It was three minutes of our pregame show. He said he thinks that Salvador Perez was signed to a contract extension. Wait till you hear this, folks, and you'll realize why Coca is not in first place in the CBS bracket pool. He says that the Royals signed Salvador Perez because they wanted to make up for the fact that they were demoting Bobby Witt Jr. Get good PR for demoting Bobby Witt Jr. Coca, the chances of that going through an owner's or president's head is zero. Zero. But we'll go with it. Salvador Perez, 82 over four. For those fans of the Royals, you're happy. You're not going to be happy in three years. I promise you that. So remember, we were talking about injuries and we were saying that uh, it's not a great time of year right now in spring training because as a team president, you're watching games with your fingers and toes crossed. You are nervous as all get out. I don't know why I just said that, Coca. I've never used that expression. It's because I'm cognizant of being on air and I don't want to say you're nervous as hell. I could have said H-E double hockey sticks. I guess I could have said hell, but I don't want to say hell. So I was going to say heck, but I feel like people say heck are the same people say darn and gosh darn it. And I'm not that guy. So then all of a sudden in my brain, I said, just say nervous is all get out, which is completely ridiculous. Of course, I could just say I'm just nervous. So they're nervous, but that doesn't show you how nervous we are watching the end of spring training as you're getting ready for regular season, trying to count innings and figure out how many innings your starters are going to have to go during the course of a season, how many they need to go for you to be successful, getting your batting order straight, getting your rotation straight, everything's good. Arizona Diamondbacks are in a division with the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Diego Padres and the Colorado Rockies and the San Francisco Giants. Did you read about the Colorado Rockies, by the way? If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I think it costs like a dollar. There's some promotion, you should do it. I don't think it has anything to do with CBS, so I'm sorry for saying it, but The Athletic has great writers, great stories. The Rockies were written about their ownership was actually crushed by Ken Rosenthal in a story. And I've known the Montfort brothers forever, and they just got absolutely hammered. I said to Rosenthal yesterday, I was having PTSD. And he laughed at that. So the Diamondbacks are not really able to compete this year, nor the Rockies, nor the Giants. It's really the Padres and the Dodgers. And without expanded playoffs, it's very unlikely that both wild cards will come from the NL West. But cut to the Diamondbacks made a small trade last year with the Marlins, where they got Zach Gallon, a young pitcher from the Marlins, who were trading from an area of strength. And they got back Jazz Chisholm, a very highly touted prospect who very likely has won the second base job with the Marlins and will be the starting second baseman come April 1st. So it's one of those deals, good for both teams, except you'd rather have pitching than position players. And if you're going to trade from strength of pitching, you better get it right. Jeter did not get it right because Zach Gallen has turned into a top of the rotation pitcher. Uh-oh, did they know that he was going to get hurt? Did they have a feeling? Nah, the trade was too long ago. But Zach Gallen, the number one starter, number two starter, I guess, if you have Baumgartner is the number one starter. He hurt his forearm. All right, that sucks. 
Can we move on? No. How did Zach Gallen hurt his forearm? Are you ready? All right, I wish I had a bat with me. So he, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, you can see that I'm holding a fake bat. If you are listening to this and you download and subscribe, thank you. Please tell your friends about Nothing Personal because we have fun every day. So I'm holding a bat. Zach Gallon's getting ready to hit because in the last two weeks of spring training, National League pitchers are hitting because they're going to have to hit. Starters are not bullpen guys. Zach Gallon is swinging in BP and all of a sudden he says, oh God, oh God. Calls over a trainer and gets pulled out of BP and he's got a forearm injury while swinging a bat. If I'm the owner of the Diamondbacks, I'm knocking on the commissioner's door who's in Florida, not Arizona. And I'm saying, listen here, Rob, tell me again why we didn't get universal DH. Tell me again why we have our pitchers hit. I'm just curious, what, what was the reason again? Oh, because you couldn't cut a deal with the union? Oh, because the union thought that you offered that deal with expanded playoffs two days before spring training and the players were pissed off because they don't trust you anyway. Oh, that's right. You couldn't have offered that like two months before and it would have been a slam dunk because the players wanted universal DH also. And now I've got a pitcher who's injured. It's not great. I wonder what will happen here when the union and the owners are negotiating and they both realize that there's something they both want. So therefore it can't be a trade during collective bargaining. I guess one side is going to have to pretend they don't want it and then give in in order to get something later. But the thing is when you're negotiating and you pretend you don't want something, when the other side knows that you do, then the purpose of pretending you don't want it is lost. You pretend you don't want something the other side thinks you actually don't want, that you can be convincing and telling them that you don't want. If it's a pretend that doesn't work, then what leverage are you gaining? What benefit are you receiving? And this goes for the players and the owners. When it comes to universal DH, no side will gain anything anymore. It's not great, Coca. All right. When we come back, we're going to review a very light movie that I spent $19.99 on. And, and it's not $19.99 because there's also tax. It ends up being $22. It's as though I spent $22 on a first run movie. I'm going to review it. And then we are going to talk about Nike and uh, what Nike's doing right now that's attracting a lot, a lot of attention around the globe. We will be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. 
Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you for making it through the gauntlet of ads and reads. I like that we have it though, Coca. It means Nothing Personal continues to do well. Thank you for coming back and for listening to the whole 45 minutes. We need you to do that. We like when you do it. And we say to ourselves, we're giving of ourselves every day to you. And you give to us 45 minutes every single day. And we appreciate it. By the way, uh, tonight, Thursday night, we will be back on Twitter. What is tonight, Coca? Time out. Time, Coca. Hold on. Stop the show. What is tonight? Today, Tuesday. Forget it. We'll be on Twitter Spaces Thursday. Another Q&A at 8 o'clock Thursday night. Why did I think today was Thursday? Didn't you tell me before the show that we have to do some sort of thing after the taping today, Coca? And that we have to do it on Thursday after the show today? Anyway, I must have gotten that wrong. All right. Today's Tuesday. So we get to watch a movie every day as part of Nothing Personal. We review a movie every day or a TV show. I've been watching a lot of movies. It's Oscar time. But I wanted something light. And I had read somewhere in the back of my mind, there was a little nugget of information, which I don't like when that happens because it means by definition, I've forgotten something or couldn't learn something else. But I read somewhere that it was possible that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo could be nominated for, it could be Momolo or Mumolo, I don't know how to pronounce her name. She was in Bridesmaid. She's the writing partner of Kristen Wiig. And they wrote a new movie this year. And there was a chance that they could be nominated for Best Screenplay. But then the nominations came out. The movie was not nominated. I had totally forgotten about it. And I'm doing what I do after the show, which is how I can deduct. Do you hear that, IRS? Yes, I can deduct the cost of all my streaming services because it's business to watch these movies. I don't really do that. I may start doing that, actually. I'm going to have to think about that. Hello, Norman. Can I deduct Norman? Can I deduct that? No, maybe, maybe yes. So I decided I'm going to spend $22.09 and watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. It's about two women who live in Nebraska, have a very simple life, and they decide to go on a trip when they lose their job at Jennifer Convertibles. They go to Vista Del Mar, and all of a sudden they sit down at a bar next to the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey and Wild Mountain Time, whose name escapes me. Could it be Jamie Dornan? I don't think that's accurate, but it's something like that. And uh, they sit at a bar. This is Kristen Wiig and Annie M. I don't want to mispronounce her name again, Coca. And the next thing you know, it's a menage a trois. And both fall in love with this guy, except he is there to carry out an evil plot that involves killing. The movie is clever. The movie is funny. The movie is light. The soundtrack is phenomenal. The beginning of the movie is a young actor delivering newspapers, singing a song that I believe is a Supreme song that I'm now escaping my mind what it is. There's a dance scene that has my heart will go on. The Celine Dion song from Titanic. You will smile from ear to ear. It puts the L in light. It's about an hour and 46 minutes. Watch through the credits. There's special guest stars. There's a, there's a Morgan Freeman voiceover that will make you smile. All in all, Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, which is in Florida, is about a seven. But in this day and age, it's something we could all use. It will make you forget about life for a while. Some movies remind you of life, and we've been reviewing a lot of heavy movies recently. Some documentaries 
remind you of all that's wrong in the world. Some documentaries teach you what is wrong in the world. Some documentaries help you learn what could be wrong in the world. Some movies are so bad that you don't forget about how bad things are in the world. Some movies are so great that they're true stories that are about what was wrong in the world. But some movies are made up and if you suspend disbelief, guess what'll happen? You'll enjoy yourself. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Nothing personal pick of the day, we lost. So no one's gonna believe me, but I thought the Cavs won two days ago. My bad. If I remembered the Cavs won, which I was told during the show yesterday, I may have switched my pick to the Kings, but I didn't wanna do that because I looked at the line and I didn't like Sacramento having to give four and a half to the Cavs, but guess what? Sacramento won by 14. We're back to 15 games over 500. Not terrible, but I need a win. And I think I have a game. The Los Angeles Lakers are playing the New Orleans Pelicans. LeBron James has a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss several weeks. Anthony Davis is still out with his leg injury. The Lakers are not meant to win without Davis and James. How could you? The Lakers have a real problem relying solely on Dennis Schroeder, which is what they're doing. They also have the best sixth man, Montrez Harrell, right? They're not terrible. The Pelicans have been... I guess what I would call a semi-disappointment, even though we have a wait to see about Stan Van Gundy and the Pelicans with the playoffs, which I think I'm going to lose. I told you that the Pelicans were going to make the playoffs, and right now I think they're out of the playoffs. So the Lakers have to learn to play without LeBron. And just a quick word about playing without LeBron during the regular season. Here's what I'm saying if I am the Lakers GM and owner. Say it with me. It's H cubed. Hip, hip, hooray! Hip, hip, hooray. We're giving LeBron rest. We're letting the role players play more and learn that they can be okay without LeBron and Anthony. Oh no, what'll happen if we're not the number one seed or number two seed? What if the Clippers become the number one seed? What if the Jazz are the number one seed? What if the Jazz and the Clippers and now maybe the Nuggets? Oh my God. What if the Lakers are a bottom four seed? They have to start on the road in the first round OMG. It's meaningless. Where the Lakers start in the playoffs, where they are seated in the playoffs doesn't mean a thing. Having LeBron rested and ready is all that matters. LeBron is not a child anymore. How old is he, Coca? I'm going to say he's got to be 35. It is hard to be. He's 36 now, Coca believes. Okay. I believe you, Coca, because you never get anything wrong. You, When you talk to me during the show, you are right 99.9% of the time. You are like the dentists who recommend Trident. Find me the 0.4 who don't recommend it. What do they recommend? Double bubble? Bubble yum? Bubblicious? I never understood those commercials. Go back and look at those commercials. Trident gum. 99% of dentists recommend this gum. I just wonder what the 1% say. Don't chew gum at all, I guess. But I always said as a kid, they recommend the sugar gum. I don't know why I even thought of that. Why was I, Coco, what were we even talking about? Nike, did we finish? Oh no, we're doing the pick of the day. <sighs> God, I love not editing. <laughs> so the Lakers are playing the Pelicans and they're getting five and a half. The Pelicans are giving five and a half, Zion or no Zion, to the Lakers. It's too much. Take the Lakers, take the five and a half points. I've been on sort of a dog streak recently, notwithstanding the loss yesterday. I just feel like getting five and a half is too much. 
We'll see what happens tonight. It'll be a fun game to watch. Lakers without LeBron. I'm sure the national broadcast is thrilled and excited, but they get to see Zion. Okay. Did you read what happened with Nike yesterday? Something that Nike and other big-time companies are trying to hide from you. But word came out yesterday that Nike is pulling its brand from what they call undifferentiated retailers. What does that mean? That means when you go to the neighborhood shoe store and you want to buy Nikes, no good. They will not be available there. If you want to buy Nikes, you've got several choices. One, N-I-K-E-D-O-T-C-O-M. Two, I don't want to promote the website. If you can spell it, spell it. Two, Dicks. Three, Foot Locker, chains like that. Big time chains are going to keep selling Nike. But Nike wants you to go on its website or go to its Nike flagship stores or go to big retailers where Nike paid employees will be able to give you the customer experience to show you why Nikes are so good for your feet because you pronate, you overpronate, you want more padding, you want less padding, you want to jump higher, you want to jump lower. I work at Nike. Look, Nike. Have you noticed when you go to like Best Buy and you go to the Apple part of Best Buy, there's Apple employees who are there? Or when you go to Home Depot, there are employees who work for a specific tool company, let's say. That is a big thing now where companies want you to have the customer experience where you can learn the most about the company's product and the people who know the most are the people who work for the company itself. It is controlling you as the customer to give you the best experience and by the by to increase profitability. When brand affinity grows, profitability grows, when profitability grows, stock prices grow. So it's gotten a lot of attention and people are pissed. They really are. The owner of the mom and pop stores are upset because 70% of their business, let's say, is Nike. And their story that they're sticking to is this. We were there for you when you just started. One guy in the article said, I bought Nike out of your trunk before you were big back in the 70s and now you're dropping me like a bad habit. I don't feel badly for that retailer at all. If you are a mom and pop retailer in shoes, or you're a mom and pop retailer in books, a little corner bookstore, or you're a mom pop dealer in home improvement, if you're not paying attention to the fact that you're going to be put out of business either now or later, another candy I never really liked, either now or later, then you have violated the principal business rule that we talk about in Nothing Personal. Know when to hold them, know when to grow them, and know when to fold them. How could you not see the writing on the wall that small retail shops are a thing of the past? And it doesn't matter that you helped Nike when they were young. Let me give you the example. When you start a company in your dorm room, out of, a, out of your dorm room, and it's called the Facebook, and you do it with a bunch of your college friends, one of them you name the CFO, one of them you name the general counsel, who's like a second-year law student. I'm making all this up, but just pretend you do. Revenue in the first year is a million dollars, and you think that you are the king. And all of a sudden, your company grows, and it becomes a $10 billion business. 
Do you think the same person is going to be the CFO when it was a, a million dollar business versus 10 billion? Or you're going to use the same general counsel that you used when your company was small, when your company becomes a Fortune 500 publicly traded company? No. When you have a business that is growing, by definition, management will change. There are certain people who can grow a business, certain people who can maintain a business, certain people who can handle a large business, certain people who are better in a small business atmosphere. Just because Nike needed you when they were young doesn't mean that you have a license to be needed your entire career as a mom and pop retailer. And by the way, Nike's not the only business doing this. Adidas, Under Armour, they're all doing the same thing. They want the higher profit margins. They want to control the customer experience because it's their best way to corner the shoe market. I think Nike has all stuff made in China because they don't want to give jobs to the US. No, they do it because of profitability. They do it because of business. And while this may not be a popular take because everyone cheers for the little guy, right? That's a pretty popular thing. It's what you're supposed to do, right? I think so. I cheer for what's pragmatic. I cheer for what's real. I cheer for what will help people make the most money they can make. And I cheer for people not to be delusional. And this is an opportunity to take note of whatever business you're in. The big boys are coming after you, so your strategy has to be, if you don't sell to them, then you are going to have to give into them. And if you don't diversify your holdings and you become a 70% reliant on one supplier, that is a formula for disaster. When it comes to small businesses, the big businesses every single time will send you an email, they won't even call, they won't do a meeting, they'll send you a very quick email saying, excuse me, we are no longer offering our products to you to buy from us. Now, it doesn't matter that some of Nike employees had their children making money in the secondary market or some Nike employees had their children getting shoes and selling them and reselling them and running a small business. Nike can look the other way on that because that's a one-off. They're not going to look the other way when it comes to retailers around this country, around this world, and the email will be very simple. It will say, dear sir, this is just business. It's nothing personal. Love, Nike. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.